Do it. All right. It says we're live. It is Tuesday night. It's nine o'clock. That means it is time to welcome everybody to the Get Off My Lawn podcast. My name is John, and I will be your host tonight. Uh, in the event of a water landing, please remember that your computer or phone cannot be used as a flotation device. Anyway, that was a little bit of airplane humor. Since nobody can fly anywhere, we're all stuck in our own countries. Wherever you are, you're probably not going to travel to any place else anytime soon. And if you're thinking about it, you probably should rethink anyway. But uh, glad to have everybody here. And we're trying to make the most of a goofed up situation. Uh, pretty much the whole world is closed right now. And so uh, let's see here. We'll make sure I got everything set right the way I want on the computers. Anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about some serious stuff, but not too much. And then we're just going to take a little bit of a break from from the seriousness of the world, because we've all been living in the real world for a long time, probably most of the day, if not several days or or last couple of weeks for most of us. So uh, real quick here, we're going to let everybody say hello that has joined our panel. Uh, as far as I know, for the first time in a long time, this might be the second time ever. We do not have the uh, the P11 fella. So the king of the Travi had other stuff going on and, and could not could not come out and play with all of his uh, YouTube friends tonight. So he had he had some other stuff going on that that uh, he said he wouldn't be here. Anyway, we're gonna let everybody else say hello. So in the order of appearance into uh, the gun tube chamber here. First up, we had Pat. What's up, Pat? Oh, not much. Just uh, glad to be on tonight, and uh, hopefully everybody is surviving and not panicking. And uh, yeah, hopefully everybody keeps level head through what's going on out in the world. Well, we can hope and we can pray anyway. So thanks for joining us again, Pat. You've kind of become a regular fixture here in the last few weeks, and it's always good to find other Nebraskans. The world actually... Uh, I don't think most of the world realize that in Nebraska we have technology like internet and computers and phones and stuff. So uh, you actually help, get to help me show that even in Webster County, uh, it's not completely bass backwards. So little Nebraska humor. Those of you that aren't from here didn't get that one. Uh, staying in the state, we're going to sh uh, shift gears and, and jump over to the state capitol. We've got Defense Dad hanging out with us too. Hey, how's it going tonight? We're just hanging in there. We're doing what we can to, to get get through a crisis. So thanks for joining us tonight. And let's see here. I think that might be all the Nebraskans we're going to get in the panel. So we're going to shift gears. We've got the tactical pickle coming to us all the way live from the west coast of the world behind enemy lines. And I bet it's even crazier than normal in California, Stan. So how's it going out there, Calaveras? Well, the seven uh, counties of the that make up the San Francisco Bay Area are under a mandatory shelter in place, and the county in which I reside, Sacramento, is under a voluntary shelter in place. So I got informed this evening that you know for the foreseeable future, I am working from home. You got voluntold, huh? Sorry, you got voluntold that you're staying home and working. Yes, so that should make things awful interesting. Yeah, yeah, it should. All righty. Uh, next up, we had uh, Rich White from Unloaded Media joining us. What's up, Mr. White? 
Yeah, not too much. And I do want to say that Pat has also become a fixture on my show on Sunday nights. So that's cool that he's able to drop in on Sunday nights and represent your state. So the, the Nebraskans are actually kind of spreading out. That's that's pretty cool. See, this is how it works. Is Yeah, all four of you. Both of us are. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, there's three of us in the panel, even without Travis. So anyway, that that's like 50% of the whole state right now. And we're sharing or taking up, I think, all the bandwidth of the whole state. But uh, yeah, Midnight Range out there says there's not enough internet in Nebraska for three people. So Travis P11 couldn't join. Well, there's enough for three uh, other Travis, or as Ghost likes to call him, Pancake Boy. Um, there's enough for three people, but we're all three already in here. And Travis, uh, Travis was the one not sitting in a chair when the music stopped. That's what happened there. All right. Anyway, um, good to hear that. Uh, Good to hear that you're you're having more Nebraskans on your on your weekly program too, there, Rich. Uh, that's what I started to say. That's that's kind of how it works. Um, you start watching some of these live streams. You you start commenting. People kind of learn your name pretty soon. Um, somebody takes a chance and and gives you a link and lets you into the panel, hoping that you know you won't just drive the plane straight into the ground. And uh, you handle yourself well, and you put together coherent thoughts. And you're well spoken, and and seem like you know what you're talking about at least half the time. Then you're going to start getting into you know some other panels too, and then before you know it, you've started your own podcast. You're uh, you're getting other people started out onto your show, and they're starting to branch out. And it's it's kind of cool how this uh, this gun community online on YouTube it, it's kind of like the gun community as a whole. You you get started shooting no matter what stage in life you got started. And then pretty soon you go from the the student to the teacher. You're starting other people how to shoot, uh, taking them to the range with you, getting them hooked on the bug, and uh, or getting them bitten by the bug. I should. That's probably not a good thing to say this week. You're you're getting them hooked on learning how to shoot anyway. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> uh, and and it's kind of neat how uh, how this kind of works. And then people just kind of spread their wings and start doing their own thing and. That's how we got here too. Travis let me on his show once and, and the world's never been the same since. So cool. Rich, thanks for joining us. And thanks for, uh, thanks for doing what you do every week on Sundays. Uh, next up, we've got Kingpin coming live from the East coast. How are things over there in, in Baltimore? Uh, actually the funny thing is somebody had mentioned earlier, like uh, two or three days ago that, the murder rate's actually going down a little bit. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. I mean... Because people are staying home more? Yeah, and people are sick and all this other kind of stuff and just all the, the hype going on around. You know, the- you know a pandemic is serious when even the Bloods and the Crips decide that they're going to maintain the safe distance from each other? I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm- but other than that, it's pretty good. Yeah. That mythical, uh, you know, uh, online gun loophole must have closed up there recently, or yeah, that's uh, that's been happening too. A lot of people are realizing that uh, it is not easier to get a gun than a library card. You cannot just order online and have it shipped to your house. And uh, all of you people who did not try and stop mandatory waiting periods for firearm purchases in your states, 
I hope you're satisfied because you cannot defend that mountain of TP for two days or five days or 10 days or whatever it is. So uh, you made your bed, now lie in it. Anyway, moving right along, we're going to get through these get through these intros here real quick and then we'll we'll get into the into the meat and potatoes here uh joining us from uh the mitten we've got duke liberty hey we're doing good up here man thanks for the invite uh we're doing just fine things are doing things are a little bit different up here the uh bars are all shut down uh restaurants are closed only for dine-in or uh, takeout and drive-through but uh we're gonna be all right everything's gonna be just fine up here Wow, tell you what. Um, and then last but certainly not least, we have got armament and axes coming from it's Ohio, right? Yes, sir. And it's the same here. The governor governor closed bars and restaurants other than takeout and nah. Thanks for the invite, John. Um honestly, <clears throat> I think <clears throat> excuse me. That's not that's oh, not oh, well, that's not corona. That's trying to infect us. No, it's not Corona. It's called the the seasonal allergy thing. It's every year. Anyway, I have to lice all my headphones now so that bug doesn't come in through my ears. Honestly, I how much how much of this is hype? I mean, I, I I'm 53. I've lived through SARS and swine flu and bird flu and this, and it's like, ah, man, is this a test? Okay, now. I've got a few opinions, and since I'm the host here, it's it's my show to do what I want with, I'm going to voice them here. Uh, I was thinking about just making a standalone video, and I don't think I'm going to. I might make this into a video later, but uh, here's my thoughts. I think, uh, first and foremost, the... Uh, um, hey, before I go into my thoughts, Sarge is here, so we'll let Sarge say hello real quick. Hello. <laughs> cool. All righty. C4 Defense, for those of you who aren't familiar with Sarge. And you are in one of those Carolinas. It's the north one, right? The, the better of the two Carolinas, yes. Okay, well, if if I'm not from one or the other, I don't know which one is the better one, so thank you for clarifying. <laughs> because I just came from, from hit or miss, Tuesday nights, 9 o'clock Eastern, and uh, Night Strike would say otherwise, so we're not going to get into it. Anyway, here's my thoughts. I was like a lot of people and made light of the uh, the situation as far as the virus itself. I think a little longer than I should have. Um, I think it is a more serious issue than a lot of us gave it credit for, and I will um, I will admit to that. Although those of you following me on Facebook, I'm not going to stop with the memes because, as I pointed out in one of my posts earlier today, I have a dark sense of humor and I rely on that to get me through times like these. So. I'm not going to stop with the comments and the memes and some of them that are just funny because not making light of the virus as much as I am the stupidity of people. And uh, if you can see it for that and see it for what it is, then maybe some of these memes are kind of funny to you too. But uh, the virus oh, itself... Go ahead. I, I'm on, I follow you on Facebook. I'd say your you know uh, your sense of humor is a uh, mid gray at best. You know, uh, it's not that dark. <laughs> it, well, okay, you should see all the stuff that I don't post. And the reason I started that page to begin with was so I'd have a place to post memes without alienating all my relatives and friends who don't agree with with me politically or or you know on a few things. And I didn't want them to unfriend me just because they they are tired of the incessant sharing and stuff 
So I just made myself a page and it's kind of gone to, it's evolved a little bit. It's a place to share memes. It's also a place to voice my thoughts and uh, people can either, you know, follow it or not follow it. If, if they're friends with me, I'm, I'm good with either way. Anyway, um, the virus itself is serious, but the part that I'm having a hard time, not so much a hard time understanding, but the, I guess the, the part I'm having a hard time accepting is the fact that because we have had such uh, an onslaught since even 2015, early 2016, before the election, um, from from uh, the, the mainstream media against the president, even before he was president. Um, so it doesn't matter what he does. It's going to be wrong. It doesn't matter how he does it. It's not going to be the way to do it. Here's my issue. We have we have not just a health crisis. We've got an economic crisis looming. We've got a, a recession, if not a depression, coming pretty soon at the rate we're going. And I think that as a whole, as a country, if we could just um, band together and if everybody would stop trashing our president and would start, uh, would start trying to be supportive. Um, I think that a lot of this panic would, would go away. Yeah. It's serious. Yeah. We still need to sequester ourselves or, or some of us quarantine ourselves. Um, I won't put myself in that because to my knowledge, I've not been exposed. Um, even my work at the cell phone store, we're changing our hours starting tomorrow. Uh, we're spending more time throughout our day. Um, you know, it used to be once a day we'd wipe down our phones and we've always kept a clean store because we've always tried to, to help control the spread of, you know, whatever was going around every, every cold and flu season, but we've stepped it up and we're wiping phones and counters and, you know, any chairs, everything that, that people touch uh, multiple times a day now. And, and that's the way it, it needs to be. And we're not going to be open as many hours, but uh, um, if everybody could get together, if everybody could maybe support, our president, we're all on this bus together, whether you like the driver or not, he is your bus driver. You are on this bus. And if the bus crashes, you go with it. So why would you try and intentionally make the bus go off the road just because you don't like the guy driving the bus? That is bad. The mainstream media, the social media platforms or, or publishers or whatever we want to call these websites, Facebook and, and uh, Twitter, YouTube, all these places, we all know how good they are with a shadow ban. So if we could get the naysayer shadow ban, if we could get just the stupidity shadow ban, if we could just have everybody pull together, talk about what's important, not panic people, and have everybody as a united front, when Trump says we're going to be okay and we're going to pull through this, if we all work together and we all use our heads... If everybody else would back that up and say, yeah, if we all just keep our wits about us, we're going to be fine. Let's not be stupid. We would be fine, guys. But the problem is there's too many people that want to see him fall on his face. They're not going to let a good tragedy go to waste. And I think that is completely disgusting. So, And might I suggest that we don't try to tack abortion funding onto the... Uh emergency funding bill for the uh, virus. Yeah, because that's a win-win for whoever tries to pin that on there. Because if you get it pushed through, then you've got that funding 
Uh, and I don't want my taxes going to that. I don't, I know a lot of people that don't want that to happen. Um, if it gets killed because of that, then you get to point at the people that killed it and say, they don't want you to be safe from the virus. They want you to die. So either way they win, either way we're screwed. And, uh, it's, it's not a yeah, good situation. That would be Pelosi if you hadn't heard. I hadn't paid that close attention yet because I'm trying to, <sighs> as much as I say I'm trying to avoid it, I'm paying attention. But that that that's such a good point that he made that that you know whether whether you believe what's going on or not and the hype and everything, but when they're when they're going to try and pass a bill, they're going to try and tack that on. And if it doesn't pass, oh, the well, it's like, really? Yeah. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so is anybody else ready to stop talking about the serious stuff and stop talking about the stuff that makes Sandhills a grumpy old man for now? Are we are we cool to take a, a little bit of time and just, just have some fun tonight? It's not really, it's still kind of serious, but... It doesn't have anything to do with with COVID nineteen. Well, I want to talk about I want to talk about something real serious. It's called toilet paper, people. All right, never. Mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what. I loaded up. I found I found bright orange hunting toilet paper at a local gun store, so I'm good. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, we we stocked up uh, like last week. You know, toilet paper, good. Everybody's buying all the toilet paper. It's like um, Kleenex. Uh, napkins, paper towel. Um, God help us if we got to go back to corn cob. I, I, I can't even fathom doing it with ow, ow, <laughs> ow. But you know what um, I'm saying? It's and like your your plumber is going to your local plumber is going right, to be going around right. in a Rolls Royce in a month. Yep, right. all those paper towels and Kleenexes get flushed and clog up the pipes. It's better than a corn cob, though, right? You know, a and A, you got to do it the Joe Biden way and use corn pop. <laughs> What's that? Corn what? Corn pop? Yeah, but he's got a rusty razor, so I don't want him anywhere near any orifices of mine. <laughs> anyway, okay, so so here's what I actually want to talk about tonight, and I've been I've been I guess grumping about this for a while now, and uh, let's just let's just have. Have some fun as we talk about this. It is kind of serious, though. As gun owners, I don't like the way that this happens. But as gun owners, most of us aren't very happy with Hollywood anyway most of the time. And as gun owners, most of Hollywood isn't very happy with us most of the time. So I guess it's a two-way street. But, uh, you know, we were talking the other day, my wife and I, when I decided that that was what we were going to talk about this week, um, about how, uh, you know, there there's stuff going on and it's, a week ago, it was, you know, gosh, wouldn't it suck if this happened? And now a week later, it's, uh, oh, it, it's kind of like, gosh, I, I wish I hadn't said that. Cause now it kind of seems like I, I should have knocked on some wood or something. Some of this is happening. Um, you know, we're not, we're not in a bad, bad situation yet. We're not in a super, super strict, you know, martial law situation, anything like that. And, and thank God that we still are as free, even in a state of emergency, as what, what we are or most of us are. But, you know, we've got people, we've got mayors now of towns that are uh, declaring states of emergency and and uh, basically giving themselves or the councils going along with it, giving the mayor, you know, emergency powers. And, uh, you know, places like Champaign, Illinois, uh, earlier today, I today or yesterday, I saw uh, Mayor of New Orleans 
declared a state of emergency. They can ban the sale and distribution of explosive devices, uh, including firearms and, and ammo and, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of things like that. So there are some constitutionally protected freedoms that are getting suspended uh, in the name of a state of emergency. So it's not as completely free as we need it to be. But, you know, we, we're not going to get into the, the discussion of some of its necessary necessary evils and you know where do we draw the line that's not a discussion for this night um but what uh what we're talking about is things like um you know in the hunger games right if you've if you've seen those movies or at least the the beginning of the first movie we've got everybody kind of rounded up and they're all not so much in a concentration camp but that's basically what it is right they're in their own little district it's just kind of like their own little town everybody has a job it's very socialist if you ask me um, everybody has a job. They they don't live in a, a system of, you know, this person's rich and employs a whole bunch of other people. It's we all work for the state. We all send, you know, whatever we make or, or grow or whatever it is that we produce. We send it into the capital and then they redistribute it to us as needed. And we depend on them. They keep us safe and they keep us fed. So we owe them our allegiance. And then there are armed guards. The only people that can have guns are the police or the guards or whatever they're called in that movie, um, standing around, making sure that we don't go outside the area where we're supposed to be. You know, we stay on task. We keep working. It's, it's not a free society. And the whole point of this movie that won Oscars is somebody decided that, that, that they'd had enough and they found other people who had had enough and they banded together and they found somebody to be their the, you know, the face of their movement, their revolution so that they could gain more followers and overthrow the tyrannical government that held them all under its thumb. It's a great story. We can all relate to something like that, right? None of us would want to live under the thumb of a tyrannical government. And as Americans, that's how we got here, right? Because the colonists didn't want to live under the thumb of a tyrannical king um, without a say-so and without any representation. So at face value, great story. And there are so many like that. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So now let's juxtapose that that's with... I, oh, go ahead. A question I have, that's for the whole... I mean, this is... The, I wanted to say it before you got into the Hollywood thing, just when you're talking about New Orleans and Champagne. Um, I seem to remember a certain, um, leader in history using, you know, getting into, you know, a, a, an elected position legally and then using a series of emergency ordinances to gain power for themselves to become a dictator. But, you know, uh, can't quite recall the name. Anyone, you know, care to help me on that one? Oh, was Caesar? Wait a minute. Was was that was that back in the late thirties and nineteen forty? Okay, yeah. I think it started with an A. The earliest one I can think of was Rome. Yeah, that's for. There's multiple examples, but that's for you know what the one I was thinking was Mr. Adolf himself, but right. Yes, Samuel's was right. You know what Caesar did something very similar. Yep, they uh, they couldn't make Sorry, decisions fast enough in in the Senate, right? So, so that's why they granted emergency decision making power to uh, Caesar, and he swore he'd give the power back when the war was over. Except he never did. 
He never did. And, you know, honestly, I, you know, like I said, we're looking at this pandemic and this and that and everything that's going on and they're passing these laws and the Champaign, Illinois is a perfect example of, oh, well, your constitutional rights go out the window because it's an emergency. Mm, no, no, uh, -uh no. Yep. Well, I saw a post someone was posting and saying that Kid Rock is a hero because he's going to keep his bar open during this when they're closing everything else down. I mean, wow. People will, we, some of the shall not be infringed crowd, they won't be infringed despite themselves, even if it's for their best interest and the public's best interest. As far as spreading a disease, no one's going to tell them what to do and they'll go to their grave. You know, no it's tell them what to do. Yeah, when the powers it, that be decide that Kid Rock's bar is going to get closed, guess what's going to happen? Kid Rock's bar is going to get closed. I don't care how tough he is. <laughs> right, exactly. Right on, David. Um, you know, are, start, we're praising him, saying, oh, heroes don't wear capes. Oh, he's a, he's a patriot. No, he's going to end up getting people killed. Well, not killed. Right. I'm sorry. People end up dying because this disease is going to spread faster. Well, and, and that's um, just it. Sorry, it, it. It could happen. I, I was going to say, Sarge, I, I see your point. I agree with you. There's people out there that are so, no, it's not going to, no, 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 no. And yes, that, 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 what, what's going to happen that, yes, people will. I think we have to think about it smarter than, yes, okay, we got to close and do this, but th think about it a little smarter than what the government's making it out to be. I don't, I don't know. It, there's so much hype out there and with the media and everything, it's like, ah, what, what, what do you believe that that's my question? What, what are you supposed to believe? Well, and question everything. That's always my advice. Question everything so that, uh, you know, find, find your own info, make up your own mind. Uh, I made a post here a couple days ago, or maybe it was yesterday. I lose track. I post a lot. Um, and I made a post and I realized from, uh, from a comment that somebody made that the way that I worded it was against my, my actual principle. I don't always want to tell people what to think. I want to make you think and then make you come up with your own conclusions. And, and my, my post didn't do that. So I edited that post. So it would, um, it would not steer you necessarily. Yeah. You can still tell what I, what I think, or maybe what I wonder from it. But uh, I just want people to think, Find, question everything, make your own conclusions. Don't believe something just because you're told it. If you, if you believe it, if somebody says it and you agree with it, that's fine. Just make sure that you agree with it, not you agree with it because they said so. You agree with it because you, you agree, you know. Who's the they and who knows about disease control? Well, right. So people are just disagreeing with it because they don't want to. Right. I just don't feel like doing that. No one's going to tell me what to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. And, and yeah, maybe one of these, maybe next week, we'll have a discussion about things like, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. So I've got a few other examples besides a pandemic for, for that talk. So it, it's crazy. Um, but tonight, I, I just want to talk about and, and just kind of open this up and, and see you know, where we go and what rabbit holes uh, we end up going down. But, you know, I'm going to start the ball off with the Hunger Games. There are so many movies like this that are about uh, a rebel force uh, rebelling against an evil 
galactic empire. I'm not going to name the obvious one. Um, that have been, you know, throughout the years have been uh, huge Hollywood blockbusters and won Academy Awards and every other kind of award you can think of. And we all love these stories and they're very near and dear to our hearts. And let's juxtapose that with the fact that uh, what's the Hunger Games? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, right? That's her name. Um, very, very outspoken in Hollywood as being anti-gun and, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily think that people need all the individual liberties that, that we were granted by the, con or not granted, but are protected by the Constitution. Um, you know, the very notion that made you your money, you want to go ahead and speak out against. And we can talk about the movies. We can talk about the actors and actresses or, you know, other celebrities or, or whatnot tonight. Um if everybody, you know, comes up with a different one, cool. If we want to just get into talking, not just to talk about Star Wars for Star Wars sake, because I'm good with that too, but not tonight. Um, but just to, to come up with, you know, how many different examples can we come up with of this um, that are, you know, the stars are, have gone on record as being, you know, anti-freedom or anti-gun or, you know, anti-unborn baby or whatever it is. Um, out there in the chat, Rob C says he's a Jedi master. So maybe, maybe you and I can have a star Wars chat sometime, Rob. Um, and now that I see what's happening on my computer screen here, before we get into that, I want to say hi to Jim Burgess. Cause you kind of snuck in here and I didn't realize you got here, Jim. So welcome. Yeah. I jumped in the back door. How you guys doing? Yeah, we're, we're what hanging up? in there. I think all of us. So I'm going to let you take the floor. If you want to Jim, go ahead and do you have uh do you have a movie in mind that, uh, you know, fits this mold that, uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that the star was anti-gun, but let's just see how many of these movies are out there that people love the movie. And then the same people that spent money at the box office are voting for Bloomberg or Biden or Bernie or something like that, that, that want to take guns away. Oh gosh. I, there's on the there's spot there, too many to name, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Uh, I, I want to say, who was it? Uh, was it Chris Evans that is pretty vocally pro? I don't know if he's, I don't know who, which Democrat he's pro, but uh, it, it just, just another in the laundry list of actors. Who, I, I, I was going to say, does, does it matter? Cause look at, look at the Democrats now are you're pro Democrat. Really? What uh, look, look at, look at who we got running. I mean, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just, it, it, it strikes me as a little sad that Captain America himself is, you know, anti-freedom to some yep. degree. Yep. I, I agree. I heard that too. And my heart sank a little bit because Captain America is probably my favorite Avenger. Um, I don't know if he's my favorite superhero of all time, but he's right up there. Um, anyway, but yes, definitely. That's a, it's another great example. Yeah, favorite, of, you know, if your favorite superhero isn't Superman, you're wrong and you need to fix yourself. That's I'll just put that out there. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. I'm not, I'm not getting fixed. Uh, no matter what you say, <laughs> that's a discussion for, for Sandhill sweetheart and me and, and nobody else is involved in that discussion. Uh, nobody I'm, else I'm, 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 me to get fixed. I, I want to say this, that <laughs> Superman's great. He came from another planet, but as a human, Iron Man to me is like, oh, that would be so awesome. <laughs> you see what I mean? You know, superhero, whatever. 
you know, it, it, honestly, it, it, we're all talking about this. It's, it's so crazy that all the money that these actors make doing these roles and then to come to find out they're anti-gun, even though they made a lot of money using a gun in their movie. Hmm. Ah, hmm. Yep. It's f funny, funny how they love to take the money in, but oh, yeah. So who's paying them to say they're anti-gun? I don't know. Well, and and again, you know, this goes back to the same thing. I think in Hollywood ha is the same same issue that a lot of people in Washington have. The people in Hollywood are usually protected by, and especially you know, the A-list stars. They've got bodyguards. Right, they've got armed security most of the places that they go. Um, if it's a red carpet event, you know, if in LA, I mean, you've got LA's finest are going to be on hand, you know, on the scene to to help deter any kind of of uh, incident as well, along with the the private security. Um, and the event itself is probably going to have private security there. So, I mean, we've got layer upon layer upon layer of of redundancies there to to keep the event as secure as humanly possible. Um, and so these people are, are just as much walking around in a bubble as, you know, the, the Speaker of the House and some of the other, uh, you know, dimwits that are in, in Washington, D.C. that don't really have a grip on how, you know, Joe Public actually lives his life. Um, they're, they're, not, they're not living the same life that most of us are. They're not responsible for their own safety because there are other people there that are responsible for their safety. And so they're not used to this. Most of them have been like this for a long time. You know, you can kind of tell, even in Hollywood, you can kind of tell the people that, that came in later in life and, you know, spent those long years in, not just as a kid and, you know, not that they went to Hollywood and they starved for, you know, two or three years until they got discovered when they were 21. I'm talking about like, like Jason Momoa. I don't know where he stands on guns, but he seems like a pretty much a regular guy because he hasn't always been rich and famous. He hasn't always been somebody. And, uh, I think that that kind of shows through in his character from what I've seen anyway, when he's not on, you know, not playing a role, he seems like he's a pretty decent guy and, and pretty regular fella, uh, for the most part, uh, even though, you know, he did marry his childhood crush. Um, so, uh, I mean, that's kind of cool. And, and some of these other people got discovered or were groomed from a young age, how to be, you know, actors and actresses or, or whatever they, you know, happen to be. And, uh, they, they've always lived in a, maybe a gated community or something like that, where safety wasn't ever a big concern. And if it is a concern, it's not a, a personal responsibility concern. It's a, I've got people to keep me safe kind of a deal. So they've always had that buffer. Um, um, John, John, I was just going to, you, you made an excellent point and I was thinking about this. Think about this. People that grew up in a, an environment like that where they're protected, they're guarded, that they, they don't need, they hire their guards. Most of us grow up, we got to guard ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and it's interesting to think that, that people that grow up like that and think like that, that, oh, well, armed guard, well, we got armed guards. And I can, I can understand where those people would think, oh, well, we just pay for our protection and we're, we're guarded that the normal people shouldn't have guns. You see where, I'm, 
mm-hmm. see, see, see the point I'm getting at is the, the, the people that grew up in an armed guarded kind of thing that never dealt with guns, that they're afraid of people that actually exercise their freedom to have guns. So I, I don't know. It, 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 you sparked a thought in my brain about how these people think, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so these people are not, they don't lead normal lives, right? They lead the furthest thing from a normal life where you live, you live in a gated community like that. And, you know, money isn't even an issue at all. And they can pay for any service that they want. They lose touch with the reality of what half the population goes through as well. Mm-hmm. And the one I think was really disappointing was this year when Clint Eastwood came out and endorsed mini Mike Bloomberg during the Democrat primaries. Yeah, there are very few people that have made more money holding a gun in their hand than Eastwood has. Even if it's a prop gun. I, I didn't hear that. Clint came out and endorsed Bloomberg. Seriously? Yes. All right, Clint, you suck. I'm done <laughs> with you. Yep, he, he thought that Bloomberg was going to be the, the best thing for our country. Oh, mini Mike. He yeah. failed miserably. He's got a little man complex, that's for sure. Well, he's got a a very close-minded city Yankee city mentality. Not, and I'm not saying that about all people from the north, not by any means. But he's only understands the city and the city life. Doesn't right. understand the other ninety-five percent of the country. Just only understands uh, Sarge, what they go through. Sarge, thank you. You made an excellent point there. The city mentality that's they just don't know they don't understand when you walk to everything you need is in a a couple city blocks and they don't go anywhere they don't they don't understand how the rest of the country lives yeah and and it's not just in in new york city there are a lot of major cities in the country where people can live and and not own a car and not have a driver's license and if if that's you, we're not stepping on toes. We're not saying you're bad. We're not saying you're dumb. And we're not saying that, that you're a bad person, okay? I'm just saying that if you grew up and you've lived your whole life in a place and never needed a driver's license and you're, you know, uh, a grown-up by now of whatever age that is, then chances are pretty slim you actually know what it's like to live in 90% of the nation. Because in most places, you can't get very far without a working automobile or at least some sort of wheels. I mean, you better have a bike or something um, even just to get back and forth to work because there isn't public transportation and everything's not within a few blocks always. And that's for most of us, that's how it works. Um, even myself, I could get a bike and probably bike to work and it would take me, you know, half an hour to 45 minutes probably to get there. Uh, and I'd be a lot healthier for it, but I drive every day and it's just across town. But I do a lot of stuff where I might have to hop in the car and, and take off and go someplace in the middle of my day. So that's why I don't take a bike to work. Um, that, and I know a few people that, you know, for whatever reason, they made bad life choices. They can't drive. It's very inconvenient for most people to not be able to drive. That's how just most of the country actually exists. Uh, that's why we've got, you know, Americans, I, I believe, I don't know the percentages, I don't know the numbers, but I believe Americans own more automobiles 
um, you know, per capita than any other country. That's why, because we're a mobile society and, and most of us in the course of our daily lives, we do put on, you know, a lot of miles. Um, oh yeah. Like it, we, like you just said, we're, we're based around the automobile. They, yeah. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, when they raised the speed limit from 55 to 65, there was an acceptable number of fatalities that they would accept in exchange for people being able to get places faster. They accepted a certain percent, and it's it's just the way it is. We are a mobile well, and, society. And like you said. Speaking of acceptable risk, that's every time you you get behind the wheel. I mean, you 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 take acceptable risks every time you drive and no matter what you do. Well, that's true, but, but it goes up as the speed increases. Absolutely. For every 10 miles an hour, it goes up significantly. I, I, yeah. And and I don't, I don't disagree or I don't doubt that a bit. And you, you know, firsthand, I mean, with your job, you, you see the effects of differing speed limits and stuff more than, more than most of us do. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, every time what I meant by that though is every time that that you're given freedom, you have to you have to trade safety. You the more freedom you have, the less safety you have. They they really are on opposite ends of a balance. Um, I've tried to make that point, and I think every time I try to make that point, I I fail miserably, and it doesn't come out the way that I want. But uh, earlier in the chat, Rob C had quoted Benjamin Franklin, and I'm going to paraphrase this because I can't read the direct quote. But uh, basically what Ben Franklin once said is that uh, anyone who is willing to give up uh, essential liberty for temporary safety deserves neither. And it's because you, you, can't, you can't have them both. You can't be completely safe and be completely free. It's impossible. They, they don't go together. So, yeah, that, that's, that's what we're talking about with that acceptable number of, of casualties or fatalities. You know, if you want to be free then you've got to assume more risk, right? That's that's how that works. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Uh, John, I, I was going to cut in there and I stopped, but you're exactly right. I always love that Ben Franklin quote about the the person that gives up security for yeah. And think for yourself, people. Think for yourself. Yep, exactly. All right, so moving right back to the Hollywood theme here. I'm just going to let everybody kind of jump in. And before I do that, good old segue time here. Uh, we've got another uh, addition to our panel here. My neighbor to the south, everybody's favorite tactical rooster is here. What's up, Gizzard Gary? Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Welcome. Welcome. Okay. Right. I got to stop. I, I got to stop for a minute and go. Gary, like SpongeBob would have. Hi, Gary. How you doing? <laughs> Pretty good, thanks. Right, if you say meow, I'm gonna crack up. Just saying. Meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> right, meow. All right, meow. That's enough. Oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right. Let's go back to the movies and and the shows in Hollywood that uh, are about the you know the the very scenario that we're we're on the verge of seeing ourselves fall into a little bit here. But, um, you know, the, the, the very reason that most of us, you know, vehemently rebel against anything socialist is because of these, you know, worst case scenarios, right? These dystopian future, uh, scenarios that we see in, in all these shows and in all these stories. So what are some other great examples of the, the very thing that, 
you know, people are voting for in the in the voting booths that we rebel against them in a Hollywood setting. What are some other good examples? Um, what, what you opening there, Sarge? Well, I just moving. I something. was going to say, what the hell is all that noise? Somebody. I don't know. It sounded off. like a candy wrapper, though. I thought you were going to share with the whole class. Can I have a piece of candy too. <laughs> Um, piece of candy, piece uh, of candy, we... piece of candy. <laughs> I can't believe you fell for it a second time. Anyway, um, uh, I don't. Uh, the movie that that comes to my mind would be uh, Red Dawn, the second one, not the first one, just because it is this overwhelming force that is trying to drive everything in a different direction is what I'm getting at on that and uh, most of the stars and stuff that were actually in the second one not the first one because I love the first one um, that most of them had come out and said that they were like, oh, no, I don't like guns and this, that, and the other thing. And it's just like, okay, well, you've all been, well, one of the guys was in the Hunger, actually in the Hunger Games. And, uh, you know, most of them came out and said. Yeah, and yeah, the other one was Thor. I have not yeah, seen that, not uh, that remake, so I'm going to have to even check the, the cast yeah. list here. I, oh, I kind of enjoyed. I kind of enjoyed the second one. The the first one was better, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Look up, look up the uh, the Hunger Game, and look up Thor. And yeah, Thor played Patrick Swayze's part. That much I did know. Yeah. But uh, well, him, oh, okay. The other guy. Uh, dang it! I wish I could remember his name. But um, yeah, most of the cast was like that and it was like okay you took a perfectly good movie and even though i did enjoy the second one but i didn't know their opinions and views on guns at the time and it was like yeah it was okay it was a good movie but the first one was still better but yeah it's just it's 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 kind of a 180 kind of a hypocritical okay here's a bunch of people fighting for their freedom when an invading force comes in and you can't see the correlation that whole movie that. is this, that, this is just pure human right well the invading force so, was north korea so you know yeah but here here's the problem with that movie that was complete garbage because it was shot in 2009 with china being the original enemy when china found out that they were the enemy they said we're not going to distribute this in our country so mgm after going bankrupt then Pulled the movie, digitally erased anything that had to do with China because China wouldn't let them do the release it. They changed it to North Korea. So in the end, the communists won. So there you go. It's a crap movie, anyways. Don't waste your time. That what Duke Liberty's talking about there is my whole opinion on this whole thing. I, my personal opinion is all these movies are terrible anyway, but. All of these sports stars, all of these major movie stars are have sold out to the Chinese communist decades ago. 
10, at least 10, 15 years ago. This, they, they've sold us out so long ago, allowing and all these platforms bowing to the Chinese communists. So that's that's my whole two cents on it. Sure. I, I don't know, as far as my concern, I, I really don't keep tabs on what the Hollywood actors' opinions are and stuff, because I really just don't care. I, I like their movies, but at the bottom line, people get hung up on what they say, and they're paid to act. Like, how do you eat in the public? It's just not what their agent tells them to do to keep them in, in the limelight. I think you can enjoy the movie, but I they act for a living, and I don't really care what their beliefs are, to be honest with you. I'm with you up to a certain point. Um, I guess the 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 place where I draw that line is, you know, if if somebody is, you know, just says, you know what, I don't like guns or whatever. Uh, they've made me a lot of money, but I don't own any when I, you know, the only guns that I ever am around are, are props or, you know, whatever. Um, that's one thing. But if somebody actually is, um, I guess it, it kind of, it kind of, if you want to split the hairs, even within the gun community, we've got advocates and we've got activists, right? And yeah. a lot of people advocate for gun rights, but not as many people are activists and actually go out and and are active um, for gun rights. And it's the same thing, uh, you know, in the anti-gun community is it's one thing to be an advocate or uh, just to say you don't like them or whatever, it's another thing entirely to become an activist. And there are a few well, people yeah. who, if I can avoid it, um, I I just I've lost so much respect for them as a person that I can't even stand to watch them on a screen anymore. And because I, it's it's to the point where I can't let go of it. I can't forget about it. I can't unsee the the crap that they uh, that they talked about as far as being you know, being that activist, like, like Ashley Judd with her, you know, pink hoo-hoo hat, um, and all the stuff that she was spewing back, uh, back in 2016 and, you know, before and, and after the, the last presidential election, I'm to the point now, and I used to be a huge fan of Ms. Judd, but, and, and I still love her mom and her sister, uh, and all their music, but, uh, to this, you know, anymore, I don't even want to watch Ashley Judd, uh, in a movie or on a TV show, just because of of you know the the nastiness that she was spouting out back then, uh, she's completely um, turned turned me off to her. Uh, one of the well, yeah. one of the, my favorite movie that she was in, uh, A Time to Kill, Matthew McConaughey, saw it great. And after she did what she did, I went, I don't even want to look at you anymore. It's been so long since I saw that. I didn't realize she was even in that one. But yeah, uh, I just, I, I, she I was the wife. That. She was Matthew McConaughey's wife in that movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess my uh, awesome movie, by the way. Author. You know. Yeah. Even though, I, like, I, I don't know where, ahead, where Matthew McConaughey stands on guns. and <clears throat> One of the lines in that movie that kind of threw me off was Sandra Bullock was the the liberal judge or the uh, liberal lawyer, and she says to him, she says, "Well, I thought you were liberally liberal." He says, "Oh, I am." And she says something about the death penalty, and he says, "Well, you know, the problem with the death penalty, it's not used enough." And 
to me, that was like, wow, that's total opposite of what liberals think. And I was like, eh. either way, uh, Samuel yeah, Jackson, watch the movie. Uh, a Time to Kill is the name of the movie. It's a good show. And, and, and you know, even even in uh, even in that based movie, on a Stephen King book, right? It's based on a book. I don't know if it was Stephen King or not. No, I don't. I, I don't. Nobody can tell us. But but uh, you know, for being um, for being a Texan, I mean, you can be liberal, I think, and be from Texas and still believe in the death penalty. I mean, that what's the old saying in Texas? There's more men that need hanging than horses that need stealing. Um. So I mean. I never heard that because I'm not a Texan, but that's interesting. Well, I've known a few. It's Uh, interesting because you're a Nebraskan, so, you know. Yeah, but I'm from Mobb County, Nebraska. So, it's not called that anymore, but it used to be known as that before before it was an official. Mobb County? (laughs) Do do a Google search for Mobb County, Nebraska. I'm going to now. You'll you'll find the county that I grew up in. It's not called that now. But uh, before there was organized uh, law in that area, there was still plenty of justice handed out over a over a short branch with a necktie. Anyhow, there's not really movies about Mob County, Nebraska. Maybe somebody ought to make one. A lot of outlaws through I, that country back in the day. I, I can tell you something that you know, working you know in construction around here and. You know, our surrounding communities, you know, 40, 50, 60 miles away, wherever I work. And I found out a lot that uh, I didn't know about that back in the day, these were speakeasies and underground channels for the mobsters. And I'm like, hmm, didn't know about that. Interesting. Yeah. A lot of history. A lot of, a lot of places. If the walls could talk, we could, we could, uh, we could learn a lot more. Ah, there it is. Yep. The Time to Kill is a John Grissom story. I should have known that. I did know that. And it just didn't come to my brain. Well, a lot a lot of his stories have actually been made into movies. Um good author. All right. So so what other movies uh either a movie or a franchise of movies uh, out there in the chat earlier I saw Frankie had mentioned Divergent was one of them. Uh that's one that I had listed off when when Sandhill Sweetheart and I were talking. Um as far as, uh, you know, again, we've got people that, that are rounded up and, and forced to live in a certain way and they rebel and overthrow the, you know, the tyrants. I mean, there's no shortage of stories like this. Um, Lord of the Rings, same thing. It, at its base is, you know, there's a tyrant who's about to come into power. If they don't get that ring destroyed, it's going to be the end of Middle Earth as we know it. And so... They were they were preventing such a thing from happening, and even within the the land of Mordor, it was already the case, right? And I mean, Saruman kind of was that way in in Isengard too in that story. So uh, there were a few tyrants of different uh, uh, different degrees, and uh, uh, John, they all got John, what was coming to them. John, that yeah, that's 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 very interesting. You made the point of. Lord of the Rings, back in the day, what's going on, tyrants. Back in the day, they didn't have internet. They didn't have what we got now. And look look deep. Look deep. Look deep. <laughs> Sarge, I just read your comment. Office space. Yeah, that's good versus evil. Oh, I love that movie. How he overcomes a tyrannical boss. 
Yes, perfect. yes, yes, it Absolutely is. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> what are you gonna? What are you gonna? You know, Jennifer Aniston. Uh, how are you gonna pay your bills? Eh, I don't think I'm gonna pay them anymore. What are you gonna? I don't think I'm gonna do that. <laughs> Know. That's what. That's what actually. That movie. One of my favorite parts is he's in with the what is it? The Bobs is that their names? And uh, mm-hmm. yes, they, the Bobs. They, they said, Peter, you've been missing a lot of work lately. I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. Yeah, he just he's in there socializing, and by the time he leaves, they're all like, "This guy needs to be in charge." <laughs> yep, he needs a, he needs a promotion. This guy gets it. Yeah, if you haven't seen Office Space, which not that many people went to it in the theater, but uh, it's it's a great show. You need to watch that one. We do own that video here at the Sand Hills House. Uh, um, yes, you don't. You, I'm gonna you don't have, have to ask you to come back back another time. I got a meeting with the Bobs in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, you don't have Night Strike. You don't have enough flair on your suspenders. You Night Strike. When did you get here? I, I've got fifty pieces of flair on right now. Night yeah. Strike got here a long time ago. He was just silent. But yes, flair. You need. You all need flair. Okay. We need. We need thirty-seven pieces of flair minimum. Um, we need a red stapler. Yeah, yeah. And the, is it the swing line? Is the good one? The red the swing, swing line. line the red swing line. My, my yeah. stapler. My, wait, where's my stapler? Wait, wait, you can actually stapler. get patches and, and decals that say "Come and take it," and it's got the stapler instead of a instead of a mm-hmm. rifle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or instead of a cannon. Yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, I have never seen that film. I've got that film on DVD. It's great. It's before your time there, look, Padawan. Go ahead and watch it. Young Padawan. Look, yeah. no, watch Office Space. It's, it's. I don't know what, 2003, four. I don't know. Watch the movie. It's great. Out there in the chat, Jonathan the Christian, which, uh, welcome, because I've never seen your name pop up in the chat before, so... Welcome to the uh, to the podcast, Jonathan. Great name uh, to have, probably the best name of all. That means you're a gift from God, those of you that didn't know that. Uh, listed Chronicles of Narnia, which is uh, also, um, there, there's a lot of underlying themes in, in those stories, especially if you go uh, from, from start to finish. But specifically, um, the one that everybody's familiar with, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, again, tyrannical rule right the the um what is it the white white queen or the white witch whatever she's called um queen jadis who uh has the the world in a perpetual winter right until uh until the four kids get there and and uh, spring starts to come to narnia and yeah i mean if you are a christian which jonathan says he is obviously he's not shy about it um then uh, you know there are a lot of underlying themes there that are biblical too, as far as the Savior and Aslan dying and and uh, coming back and saving everybody. That's that's right out of the Bible. But uh, yeah, some some great great things there that have been made into into movies. Animal Farm, Defense Dad says out in the chat. Um, yeah, and anything Orwellian is pretty well <laughs> not just a story it's pretty well prophetic at this point uh most of it's actually come to fruition at some point um re- read animal farm and then go back to the uh go back to the 80s and look at the fall of the soviet union and tell me that orwell didn't predict that 20 years before it happened yeah, yeah if you want to get into a little bit older movies like back in the 70s look at uh, logan's run yeah the, they were fighting uh to keep old people essentially from being killed because it was a certain age. 
Rich, I yeah, thank you. Logan's Run. Go back. You know, yeah, you got to go back and watch it. And when we go back and watch old stuff, it's like, gosh, this is kind of the way it's produced, the way we look at movies today. But you go back and look at the theme of that movie, Logan's Run. I remember that movie well. And his hand lit up and said, oh, it's your time to die. And he said, no. And the 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 one girl had the uh, the onk. You remember the onk, you know? And she said, uh, "What'd she say that meant?" Uh, peace. I I don't know. Yeah. Logan's run. Oh wow! Flashback, Rich. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, just just trying to think of a few others. Um, who framed Roger Rabbit? Kingpin. You can you can say that if you want to. I mean, it's, it's, you're not wrong. We had, we had somebody that rebelled and, and brought judge doom to, to his demise. Okay. I just remembered. She said, Ankh meant sanctuary. Okay. That's the little cross with the loop at the top instead of. A yep. Yeah. Post, right? In, in, in Logan's run, she, she had that and they were running and you got to go watch the movie. It's so like, so yesteryear. 20 30 uh, anyway mm -hmm. but yeah she, she's like onk and he's like what's that and she says it means sanctuary i'm like okay well and and if we move away from the uh even just the the tyrannical rule part or you know get away from from guns as a topic uh altogether well kind of there are also uh, a whole set of movies out there um some new some not so new that are that are also about just the 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 way that society will will devolve and anarchy will will come pretty quick uh, in adversity. I mean, look at the Saw movies. Look at uh, what was the one that we just watched, uh, Panic Room, which was stupid, but I've seen worse. I just can't recommend it. But it was Panic Room. Uh, Jodie Foster. Oh no, Escape Room. I said I said it wrong. Well, Panic Room, kind of, but no, Escape Room is the one that we just watched. It's only a few oh. years old. Um, if you watched the Netflix Daredevil series, the uh, the lady that plays uh, Karen Page on on that Daredevil is really the only face that I recognized in that show. But um, it, it's about these people that that get invited to to join this you know this panic room. It's it's like a whatever forty story building that's got level upon level of of panic of I keep saying panic rooms escape rooms and. Uh, after the first couple people die, they realize that if they don't work together, then none of them are going to get out of there alive. Um, it's kind of a twist, but if you saw Cabin in the Woods and liked that one, you'll probably like Escape Room. Um, at the end, you do get to find out actually, you know, who and why and, and where and all that stuff. All the all the questions do get answered at the end, whether you like Cabin in the Woods or not. Kind of the same thing. Uh, you know, these movies that are like social experiments, I guess maybe the purge would be a good one. I haven't seen it, but I want to, um, you have know, you just the movie, uh, Harrison Berger on do what now? Have you ever seen the movie Harrison Berger on, or even read the book where oh. it's, it's basically this dystopian future where the government, uh, shadow, a shadow organization, uh, that's part of the government basically ensures that everybody maintain, wears these, helmets that affect their mind and make them basically everyone equally stupid what's and the uh 
you can't, oh, you, can't you can't show any 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 independent thought or any you know forward thinking or anything you know that makes you an actual individual because then you'll you'll get taken away and they'll either reprogram you to be stupid as stupid as everyone else or they'll execute mm-hmm so um, essentially, the you know, a modern society you just use college instead of you know helmets. Could be whatever keeps you in line and keeps you from thinking for yourself, right? Yeah, but it, it, it's actually a really good movie, and the book is actually ten times better. But you should check it out. It's from like the mid nineties. What's the uh, What's the movie? It's got It's got Ray Liotta in it. Um, it's I think it's from the nineties. Um, they're on. They're basically prisoners. That's Ray Liotta. Liotta. Okay. Good well, that, that guy from Goodfellas. Um, you know, in Hannibal, he gets the top of his head popped off and gets fed part of his own brain. That that guy. Anyway, he is. Uh, he's a prisoner. They're on <laughs> this guy. island. They're, yeah, they're all guy. wearing these necklace or the, this collar around their neck, and um, they're all linked up to one other prisoner. There's not really a fence, but if if you take off running. And you get past the perimeter. Not only is the uh, the explosive charge in your collar going to activate and blow your head off, but you don't know who it is. Somebody else that's a prisoner is matched up to your collar. There's two on every frequency. And if you run, not only are you going to take you out, but you're going to take somebody else out too. And so if if you see somebody running for you know to escape, you've got to make sure that they don't get away. Just because that could be the person that makes your head explode. The name of the movie is No Escape. No Escape. That's it. No Escape. I was just gonna say what I remember seeing that and I'm like, what? What? Yeah, exactly. Think about it. Oh, you're gonna keep your buddy from escaping because if your buddy escapes, your head's gonna blow up, right? That's right. And you don't know who your buddy is is the problem. So it, you can't let anybody go because it might kill you. Yeah. All right. Just gotta throw one more in there. The Running yeah. Man, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Another, the another Running example. Man. Oh, the original, the original with uh, what's his name? Uh, Kiss Everybody. What what was that? Oh oh, Richard Family Dawson. Theory. Yes, Richard Dawson. He kissed everybody. Ozzy yeah. from Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> yes, Running Man. Yes, I remember when I was a kid, he was still on Family Feud, and and my grandparents watched it and. Yeah, my grandma thought it was just cool that he that he kissed everybody. My grandma would, she would roll over in her grave today if she actually knew uh, that man's sexual orientation. My grandma was not was not cool with such a thing back in her times. But anyway, uh, she just thought he was friendly. Was that nice? Right? It wasn't socially acceptable then. Well, and and it maybe was in Hollywood, but it sure wasn't where where my grandma came from. Anyway, that's that's that's, a, that's another story. I'm, I'm just laughing at it. That's a horse grandma would have said. Yeah, my, well, my I grandma also never understood. My, my, my grandma never did get the mechanics of of how such a thing could happen. Uh, she went to her grave not not understand. Well, I think she probably did. My grandma was pretty naive, and she might have figured out you know how how two men could be together. My grandma never did figure out how two women could be together, and none of us would tell her. Because we all told her we we didn't know either. It was a mystery, Grandma. Anyhow, um, speaking of Schwarzenegger, I mean, we could look at the Terminator as another example of you know rebelling against tyranny, even though it was mechanical tyranny when the, the machines whole, whole, became self aware. 
it was mechanical tyranny, yes, but it was but that machine and that AI was made by humanity. It well, it kind of was. It, 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 it was it, a, it's a, it's a it was it's a vicious a circle. Tyranny. It was made by humanity based on a chip that was built by machines that went back in time to be made by humanity to build the machines to send it back in time. I go cross-eyed when I think about that time loop. Well, technically, yeah, you know, the, 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 no, no, no. Y'all gonna shut up? Stop doing all the time thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Out there in the I, chat, I real quick. Time I change this, I change that. <laughs> ah. In the chat, Gary has corrected me. Uh, he was not an Aussie; he was a Brit. I'm sorry. I bet I have seen maybe ten minutes of Hogan's Heroes in my life. It's just not yeah. one I ever have actually watched. Um, and also, M. Gabriel Schwarzenegger played Mr. Freeze, Victor Friesen, or Mr. Freeze, not uh, not Iceman. Iceman was Bobby Drake, and that was played by uh, I'm gonna forget Sean Ashmore, I think. Anyway, different movies. Wait a minute, I thought Iceman was the the pilot in the Top Gun movie. Iceman wasn't that? Oh, what? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was Doc Holliday. Yeah, uh, yeah, Doc Holliday. <laughs> okay, and and yeah, I was waiting for this one. Uh, yesterday's Pawmade says, "How has V for Vendetta not been mentioned?" I was gonna let somebody else bring that one up. Because it failed. Well, I didn't like it the first time I watched it. I never watched that movie. Never watched it the first time. But I did like it the second time I watched it. I've I've since bought that movie. Um, It's one of those that the more you watch it, the more things make sense. Kind of like Watchmen. I liked it, but I didn't love it the first time through. About the third time through it, everything went quick, finally. Uh, It's just because I'm dense. But The Matrix would be another one. The Watchmen uh, wasn't uh, wasn't um, uh, Negan Negan yeah 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 yeah, that, yeah. okay <laughs> Jeffrey uh, what Jeffrey Dean Morgan yep 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 he was uh, he was in that it was he wasn't super famous yet only the Grey's Anatomy people knew him back in those days what what wasn't Negan the one that like like I don't know I I don't want to say raped or that I yeah he did. <laughs> he, he, he did though and that's the thing um years later he found out that that her daughter was his daughter and he always kind of suspected it but didn't know for sure until till later on uh well, you know, she didn't like, she didn't know it, she was a product of a rape until she was an adult and at that point um she wanted her mom to hate him and, and her mom wouldn't hate him because she got her daughter out of the deal it was a jacked up situation. Everything in Watchmen was a jacked up situation. But just remember this: capes will get you killed. <laughs> so don't wear. A cape. Seriously, when I, I I watched that movie, I'm like, wow, this is just like way out, far beyond what. Okay. <laughs> just just because Batman and Superman wear them doesn't mean everyone should. That's true. That's true. Speaking of Superman, I did see here the other day that uh, he had a bet with Chuck Norris on who was tougher. The loser had to wear their underwear outside their pants. So Chuck Norris won. <laughs> anyway, um, Rob C. out there in the chat also has mentioned Pirates of the Caribbean. Those of you who are voting for uh, either socialism or even anarchy are voting for the pirate. Yes, that's true. 
Um, Zone Fighter says, you mean the Jedi who tried to assassinate a lawfully appointed Chancellor instead of removing him through legal means? Um, yeah, that. So There's Star Wars again for you, your favorite movie. It's one of my favorites, yeah. <laughs> Definitely one of my favorites. It's right up wait, there with Lone and Dove. Wait a minute. You said somebody out there voting for socialism? Yeah. Um, well, maybe not listening to this podcast. Uh, you know, somebody out there voting for that. Well, good luck. Good luck. But, I mean, there are people that are voting for people who have gone on record as being socialist. Um, so, anyway. Let's see here. Kingpin had to leave us, and Jim had to leave us, so... Uh, we will, we will continue here. We will wrap this up pretty quick though. Excuse me. Uh, does anybody have any other movies or, or we haven't really talked much on TV shows, but there are some TV shows too, that are kind of, kind of the same thing. Um, anything else anybody wants to add as far as just the disparity, the movies and the shows that are so loved in Hollywood that are made by people that so hate what all of us get together and, and talk about and the very thing that, that bonds all of us, uh, they, they're against it, but yet it made them a lot of money. Yeah. Well, it, uh, that, it, it didn't just make them a lot that's of money. The, uh, Bourne, the Bourne series wasn't uh, the uh, Jason Bourne series. Wasn't that, you know, uh, the main actor and, you know, uh, pretty anti. I think he is yeah. Matt Damon. I think he is fairly yeah. outspoken uh, against guns. He very much is. Yeah. But then Shooter. at the same time, you got to understand that that's not so much somebody that is, um, uh, yeah, you find out later that he is justified in his, in his, uh, siege against, you know, the man or the machine or whatever. But, but at the same time, um, Jason Bourne was, was just misunderstood and, and they thought that he went rogue when he, lost his memory he didn't know he didn't know he wasn't really jason Bourne, and uh so they tried to kill him thinking that that he went off the rails or went off the reservation and so he just naturally lashed out because people come to kill you you don't know who you are then you remember you're an assassin well you're gonna kill him right but the whole story goes a lot deeper than that if if you've seen the Bourne movies and you have not read the novels by robert ludlam then you're you've missed the entire story and the movies i haven't watched any of them but the first one because the, i tried to watch the second one and within 10 minutes i shut it off it it diverged so far from the plot of the books that there was no way in my mind they'll ever bring it back and the books are so good so you need to read those if you uh if you like espionage and and suspense <clears throat> novels really good i'm i'm gonna chime in here um uh what gets me and we're talking movies and actors that and Jason Bourne I love the movies the first one second one blah 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 problem is is all these actors that use guns and now they're anti-gun that I, I I don't know man you don't know either I don't know anything what do you know what do you know? The same thing you know. Nothing. Yeah, I, you know something? I, I've been thinking a lot about what I know and you know and you know and I know. All right. Come on. That's, that's very profound. 
it is. It's so profound. To quote a great philosopher, true knowledge comes from knowing that you know nothing. You're muted. You're muted, Sandals. Sandals. Press the mute button. I didn't mute me. Who muted me? You muted yourself. I didn't mute it me. It was the one arm. I never man. touched that thing. Well, it was That's me. probably who it was. Dang it, Sykes. <laughs> In this house, we blame Edward for everything, so I bet Edward did it. But uh yeah, so out there in the in the in the chat, Kinky had said Equilibrium is uh is a very good movie and I haven't seen it. I think it's got Christian Bale. Has anybody in the panel seen Equilibrium? No. No. I haven't yeah, seen it's, it. it. It's a good movie. I, I liked it. I'll go watch it later. I have to check that one out. Zone Fighter says he's read two of the books. I think we're talking about Jason Bourne still. Read two of the books, has not seen the movies. If you've read two of the books, Zone Fighter, just stick with the books. Stay away from the movies. You won't like them. Um, Rob C. is bringing up Chuck Connors. Thinks he modified his own rifle for the show The Rifleman. I do know that that rifle had a trigger spur on it, on the lever so that he could uh, work the action that fast without pinching his finger. Um, it did. Yeah, they because in one episode, yeah, they, they explained in one episode of the series the rifle was modified where it would fire it on cocking the lever to where he wouldn't have to pull the trigger. Right, because there's a spur on the inside of the lever that hooks the trigger when he closes the lever. Yeah, because uh, you can do the exact same thing to a Henry 22, even though it's not technically really legal, but you can do the exact same thing that Chuck did with his very, very easily. Now, was that a Chuck Connors modification, or was that something that was actually done um, as you know, just, just so that he could work the lever and, and fire the rifle that fast on the show. And then one day they decided to write that into the storyline in case anybody noticed that, that addition to the gun. It was supposed to be the character's modification that he did to make it work. He could fire it faster. Okay. But I, I do, I remember when I was a kid, I read an interview with Chuck Connors and he said, you know, somebody asked him about how he could work that gun that fast. And he said, well, I, I didn't, all I had to do was just run the lever back and forth. Cause it had a trigger spur on it. <clears throat> um, let's see. What I'll, else have I'll, I'll, I missed out there? I think that's. I think we're pretty well caught up. On, oh, Jim Carrey. Seven Wonders out there says Jim Carrey is very anti-gun, but he's more psycho in real life than he is in his movies. Well, Jim Carrey's Canadian. His argument is invalid. <laughs> he's not. Yeah, no one cares feet. what a Canadian thinks. I I, I, I was going to make a comment. We're talking about old movies and whatnot, and uh, let's look at uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And Sean Spicoli, you, you know, Sean Penn. And Sean Penn was like this pro-gun, and then he got with, uh, what's her name? Shirley, whatever. And she says, oh, you got to get Brandon? ready. Yeah, I'm like, okay. No, not really. Susan Sarandon. Who was Sean Penn with? Uh, Charlize uh, Theron. No. no. Or whatever, whatever the hell you... Was he yeah. married to Madonna? He was married to Madonna. Yeah. Yep. 80s. But yeah, when when he got with uh, Charlize Theron or whatever the hell her name is, and 
she says, oh, I don't like guns. And he got rid of them all. I'm like, well, you just sold your, yeah, whatever, dick. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other movies or TV shows that people want to throw out there before we start wrapping this up? Hopefully we've had a little bit of a... Oh, go ahead. I don't know about the actor's standpoints on it, but great TV show. The A-Team, man. You got the good guys with the guns protecting people who can't protect themselves against tyranny. Yeah, although I am convinced that the good guys with the guns on that show were former stormtroopers. (laughs) Oh, and and wait a minute, wait a minute. Bullets bounce off fifty-five gallon drums, right? Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. They just spark a little bit. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's all good. It happens all the time. Yep. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, see, that's what we need to do. Then we need to make a car out of fifty-five gallon drum steel and then bullets will just bounce off of it and it won't be super heavy there you go you know you know it's funny uh, didn't you see any of the uh the cuban boats that they came over here the the buick with the welded shut doors no no the the trucks that literally were wrapped around with 55 gallon drums (laughs) oh yeah it's pontoons they float right I'm just talking about cutting them up and using the metal as, as you know, making a car out of it. Anyway. Oh, oh, like that. Okay, okay. Yeah, because that, that steel is, you know, you, since bullets bounce off of it, then you could just build the car out of that steel, flatten it out, and, and use it for the sheet metal to to make the, the fenders and the doors and whatnot. You know, it's funny. I watched the movie, that, you know, that, that I watched the TV show The Walking Dead, and me and my buddy watch it, and I made a joke the other night that, Oh, look, there's some corrugated metal that earlier in the series, like, oh, we're going to arm our cars with corrugated metal and the bullets are just bounce off. I'm like, ah, yeah, okay. Well, you got to understand, though, by those those days, um, there was no factory ammo left, you know, so everything was a hand load and to make the powder stretch farther, you just light light loaded your bullets. All they have to do is penetrate a zombie skull. So you don't have to have them super hot. So they probably won't penetrate corrugated metal. You're, it's probably probably legit. Right. Yeah, it was slant right. armor. It was slant armor with that extra built-in slant, so nothing was going to penetrate that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Hollywood. I mean, it, this it's science. Come on. Right, and then the tank came along. <laughs> All right. Well, we will. Uh, Agorizer, we did talk about Lord of the Rings. Not a lot, but we did talk about it. So, uh, yeah, several different uh, tyrannical forces there at work. Not not only one in that story. There were a lot. And if you read the the books, the novels, then there were even more that didn't get mentioned in the in the movies. Even when the hobbits got back to the Shire um, after the ring was destroyed, they still had a lot of cleaning up to do and, and getting rid of a few people that got a little too big for their hobbit riches. So, you know, uh, I, I can say that, dude. I uh, I read the novels, and uh, Tom Bombadil didn't get his, you know, but they gave Tom Bombadil's lines to Treebeard and Gandalf, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, there was so much in the yeah. book that the movie didn't. The movies did good. I mean, you know, for for nobody that ever read the book, the movies, man, they did a great job. Oh, yeah. They're, they're still... Not a travesty like The Hobbit, so. 
the Hobbit movies, the you know when even the paperback edition of Lord of the Rings, each each of the three books is about that thick on my bookshelf. The Hobbit was just a few hundred pages, but they still made three three-hour movies out of that story. Uh, they put characters in the movie that that Tolkien didn't even create. So, anyway, yeah, we, well, we you know, when, when when they put uh, when they put uh, Legolas in there, I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah, when uh, tutorial. I, re I I remember reading the first before I read the whole Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit back when I was I don't know about thirteen or and I'm like, what? And I watched the movie and it was cool, it was good entertainment, but that wasn't in the book. But they they did that in the Lord of the Rings too. But good cinema. I mm -hmm. I think Peter Jackson who made The Hobbit. I, I think he took it too far. You know what I mean? Well, what the heck? If you can get people to watch your movies, go go make a movie. If people watch it, good for you. Yeah, the one problem I have with the Lord of the Rings movies was they totally screwed up the end of the book with the movie because when they go back to the Shire and everything, it's totally trashed. And I, I, dude, yeah, that's I was, what I was talking about. I, I was just gonna say that because if you go back in the book, man, oh no, when they go back, man, it does not uh, happen at the ending. Uh, Saruman, like. Uh, totally destroyed and burned and yeah you know hey yeah Hollywood. He, was, he was the boss when when the hobbits got back to the shire they had to kick him out of the shire then too yeah in the movie he just disappears but in the book he goes and he just totally destroys in the movie he's trapped at the top of the tower yeah, they never show that they no but but gandalf that. talks about it and the ants are there to make sure that he never comes out and the Ents will, will stand guard and make sure that Saruman never leaves that tower. He's going to be a prisoner forever. Whereas in the in the story, he's thrown out of the tower. Yeah, you know, one of the most oh, yeah. pleasing one of the most pleasing things for me was seeing him fall after uh, Grima stabbed him. Uh, and yeah, anyway, I, you know, he fell, and <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. good to see him go. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So we're going to let people are starting to lose. They're, they're dropping like flies now off the panel. So we're going to wrap this up uh, real quick. I want to thank uh, Jim Burgess and who else do we have? Kingpin and Calaveras 32 special for being with us. Uh, they had to get going all of them. So uh, thank all of you for joining us tonight. And we'll just let everybody say, uh, say goodnight, wrap anything up. If you want to plug any uh, live streams or, or other stuff on your channel, go ahead and do such a thing at this time. Uh, we'll go in reverse order. So Night Strike, you were the last one here. Thanks for joining us. <clears throat> yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Plus, my voice is about to go, so I'll try to get through these these outros here uh next up gizzard gary thanks for hanging out with us again neighbor hey thanks for having me everybody uh come see foul territory on friday night nine eastern eight central and then uh get up sunday morning and uh enjoy a little bit of early bird chat sunday morning go. 10 a.m eastern 9 a.m central either and way early morning late evening give them the bird it is perfectly acceptable on Gary's chats to give him the bird. That's right. Thank you, man. You betcha. All right. C4 Defense, Sarge, thanks for coming and hanging out. I think you're muted.
Uh, oh, there you are. I muted my mic. It also muted it on GunTube. I apologize. Uh, thank you for the invite. Uh, check out my channel. I've got some things coming up this weekend. There we go. All righty. Double A Armament and Axes. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, brother. Thanks for having me. Uh, check us out on YouTube, GunStreamer. I think we're on Facebook and here and there, but yeah, all good. Good hanging out, brother. Thanks. Yep, absolutely. All right, Duke Liberty, glad to have you with us again. I think we caught you off guard. I don't know if you're trying to talk, Duke, but you're muted. Battery stepped away from his computer. We will move Duke. along. Rich, Duke thanks Liberty. for being here. Yeah, I'm no problem. Thanks for the invite. And be sure to check out This Week Unloaded Sunday nights between 8 and 9 p.m. Eastern start time. And if you want to check out a show where we really didn't talk about coronavirus, go over there and watch this past Sunday's episode. We were not going to talk about that because everybody else has been getting tired from that point. Yeah, you get you get kind of burned out on it, don't you? Yes, you do. All righty. Uh, Defense Dad, thanks for being here again. Always good to have more Nebraskans in the panel. Yeah, thanks for having me in it. Apologize for talking over someone earlier. My audio was kicking out, so sorry about that. Nope, that's okay. But, it uh, happens. We try to moderate the best we can and get people to go one at a time. It's all good. Yep. Yeah, but if anybody wants to check out the channel, let me know if you think I'm doing a good job. I'll have some videos coming out. I'm in the middle of moving right now, so it's going to be a little bit. It's all right. Do what you got to do. And uh, in the meantime, there are some videos already on the Defense Dad channel. So go go check uh, check him out. Are you over in the in the YouTube chat right now uh, so that people can find your yeah. channel? If you I want, am, go yes. ahead and um, go ahead and throw a comment in there because I don't think I've ever given you a um, blue wrench yet. So I'll, I'll get you the blue wrench and then you can post links. So you can, okay, you can leave, leave links to your own page. So go ahead and throw comments in there and I'll I'll get that done. And then last but not least, we've got uh, Pat Hirsch with us as well. Pat, thanks for coming and hanging out with us again. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on tonight. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, go check out uh, Defense Dad and uh, everybody on the panel. And uh, yeah, I'll see you on Sunday, Rich. And everybody keep their head on a swivel and everybody keep carrying their weapons. There you go. Stay safe and stay vigilant. All right. So Defense Dad made that comment. There is a blue wrench for you, Defense Dad. So now you can go ahead and copy and paste your, your uh, page link right in there for your channel. All right. Now we've got the list. We had a few people out here today uh, that uh, names that I hadn't ever seen before. So thank you very much, all of you newcomers. Um, please... Uh, share the heck out of this uh if you're on if you're on your, your computer you can just hit the little share arrow and and copy the link and and paste this anywhere you want to throw it in emails or all over social media if you're on your phone it's pretty simple too you can copy it and share it on social media wherever you are uh if you like the chat or you like the channel go ahead and, and share the heck out of us um i tell you what just having that support just seeing the people from YouTube, find us on Facebook, seeing a lot of you, a lot of you in this panel found us on Facebook first, and now you're, you're on the YouTube side doing stuff. And, uh, 
that's pretty cool to see too. So before I go through the list, give me uh, two seconds for station identification. I've got to wet my whistle. All right. So thank you uh, to Kingpin, Mike, Seven Wonders, Mystic Guns, Jay Brown, Gun Loving Grandpa, Rich White, Nine Millimeter, New York Outcast, Aaron Mortensen, M. Gabriel, Obnoxious One, Midnight Range TM, Agorizer, Armament and Axes, Blitz, 10X Shooters, AC-97, C4 Defense, G23, Bingo! Uh, wait, no. Uh, Frankie's Guns and Glitter, Budget Guns and Gear Reviews, Rob C., Kinky Sphincter, Defense Dad, Jorge Cortez, Night Strike One, Schofield 63, Kevin the Tack Daddy, Ghost Tactical, Gizzard Gary, SS Pawn, The Poor Conservative, Vash Matrix, Tim Foley, Idaho Rogers, USMC, Dead Horse, Jonathan the Christian, uh, one of the newcomers. Claire, uh, is it Usilton? Usilton, uh, also a newcomer. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, if you if you're out there and you're not making comments, we can't see you. We can't name you. Or, and thank you for being here. Uh, who else we have? Yesterday's pomade, Zone Fighter One. BS leads to fun. That's the pearl necklace guy. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne and guy that comments. So, thank you very much, all of you, for uh, joining this. As I always say. Uh, without you, I'm just a loudmouth on a microphone. We don't really have a chat. We don't have much uh, without the support of everybody that watches and listens and joins in here. So on behalf of uh, Calaveras 32 Special, Kingpin, Jim Burgess, Night Strike, Gizzard Gary, Sarge, Double A, Duke Liberty, Rich, Defense Dad, and Pat on behalf of Sandhill Sweetheart, and of course, myself as well, uh, we love you very much. Thanks for being here and get off my lawn. <laughs>